Australia is again facing statewide lockdowns and severe restrictions. Despite the availability of vaccines, low COVID-19 cases and no deaths. State government leaders and their public health bureaucrats are again whooping up hysteria on COVID-19, this time based on mutation of a virus. They're acting in concert in pursuit of narrow political ends and to coerce and extend their control. How long can this punitive, unjust and dangerous behaviour go on? How long can community leaders and ethical members of the medical community remain silent while these lies are peddled in the name of science? Many Australians are suffering severe distress from financial disadvantage and the neglect of their health from the sham pandemic. And we watch our highly paid politicians, public servants and members of the favoured classes travel the world, squandering our precious resources on a scale unseen. Perhaps a revolution or revolt is called for. Dr. Peter McCullough is a professor of medicine from the United States. Peter, great to see you once again. Thanks for having me, Mike. Look, the availability of the vaccines and low number of cases in Australia has made no difference to rolling lockdowns, restrictions and mask mandates. What are your thoughts on this? Well, the, you know, the masks mandates and the lockdowns have really backfired. Everywhere we've looked in the world, when there's a lockdown or a mask mandate, it's actually made the problem worse. So it just goes in the opposite direction of what uh, is what we'd expect. So clearly they don't need to happen. We need to have a focus on early treatment, and then we need to look carefully at vaccine safety. They're uh, ramping up the, uh, the Delta variant or the Delta scariant and its symptoms and effects, and that's the reason why not only Australia but other parts of the world are sort of, uh, as we would say from the 60s, freaking out, man. Um, uh, well, tell us the true story about the Delta variant, please. Okay, well, let's get into it. So the, the viruses have been renamed. The strains have been renamed. Alpha is the UK variant. Beta is South African. Gamma is Brazilian. Now Delta is the Indian variant. And what happened is that the virus got to an evolutionary bottleneck. And so it actually needed to mutate in order to uh, survive. And all the prior mutations were all single uh, amino acid mutations in the spike protein. The Delta variant is a triple mutation, three separate mutations, and then an epigenetic change uh, after that um, post-transcriptional change, making the virus different. So it is very different than the other viruses, thank goodness. It's far more easily treatable. That's what the Indians have taught us. And it's far less dangerous. So patients don't wind up in the hospital or don't die nearly to the rates they did with the UK variant. Um, so if it is not as, not as bad as the uh, public health officials are making out, um, would you, do you have a, a good college they could perhaps go back and do a refresher course on uh, maybe on vaccines and uh, immunology? Well, they can refer to the UK 16th technical briefing on variants of COVID-19. And the British have done a wonderful job in that manual. They have uh, analyzed the genetic mutations in 250,000 cases. And they've clearly shown that the Delta variant is the mildest uh, type of virus. If you're going to get COVID-19, you'd want to get Delta because it's like having 
a very mild cold and get right through it. So it has the least overall risk of all the different uh, types of strains or variants. And the other interesting thing, Mike, is it doesn't seem to be, um, uh, the vaccine doesn't protect against the Delta. So about half of the patients with Delta have had the vaccine and half hadn't had the vaccine, and the vaccine really doesn't matter. Uh, big banks, large mining companies, and other private businesses will be asked to vaccinate their staff later in the year as the new COVID-19 vaccine task force commander works out how to speed, speed up this, this rollout, make sure we all get the jab. Are public health authorities raising hysteria then to achieve their vaccination goals? Well, I don't think that's safe. You know, the United States, the vaccine centers are all controlled by the government and they have to have resuscitation equipment there, including defibrillators and a full crash cart when patients crash after the vaccine. The vaccine causes anaphylactic shock and sudden cardiac death in a small percentage of patients, but it's real. Every vaccine center has seen it. I can't imagine this having this in, in Australian businesses, towers and, and banks and others. You know, the, the team isn't trained there to handle the medical seriousness of the vaccine uh, side effects, including the serious anaphylactic cases. So I think it's very unwise. You should have vaccine centers. What I've seen of your vaccine centers is they look empty. It looks like they have plenty of capacity. And so you might as well stick with those and don't put them in the business. Too risky. Yeah, they're sort of panicking because not that many want it, although the scare campaign is uh, is quite effective. I mean, these lockdowns obviously are for that very reason, to make you get scared, get this vaccine to protect you from this Delta variant, for example, which, as you mentioned, uh, it doesn't really protect you from the uh, this, this virus. Um, many people think these experimental vaccines are safe and prevent COVID. What's the latest evidence on the vaccinated, on vaccine safety, and how much longer can the CDC, FDA, and the TGA ignore this? Well, we're at six months in the United States, and there still has not been a single press briefing on overall safety of the vaccine program, and that's really worrisome. I can tell you for almost all investigations, all big studies of medical products, we have reviews at least monthly, major data safety monitoring boards every three months, every six months at the latest. In the United States, on January 22nd is where we saw a mortality signal where the mortality for the COVID-19 vaccines exceeded all the prior vaccines of the prior year. Now in the United States, we're at 6,100 deaths after the vaccine, 44% occur in the 48 hours afterwards, these are people walking to a vaccine center that should not be dying. We've had 6,100 die. We've had 21,000 hospitalizations. They've been analyzed by Jessica Rose in Canada. And of the hospitalizations, they tend to be one of three things, Mike, either brain damage, neurologic damage, heart damage, myocarditis or myocardial infarction, uh, uh, or immunologic, including blood clots, blood clots going to the lungs, or elsewhere in the body, 21,000 hospitalizations. In total, we have 387,000 safety reports. We've never had a set of biologic products with this horrendous safety uh, track record that's being developed here in the last six months in the United States. Yeah, they're saying with that very report, which you have the same one as I do, uh, over 6,000 deaths, uh, 720 uh, miscarriages, uh, the list just goes on. If this was a normal trial, which it still is, because these are experimental vaccines, uh, this would have been stopped before it almost started, wouldn't it? It should have been shut down. If it was a clinical trial with the data safety monitoring team board, I think it would have been shut down in February. 
if not March. It's, it wouldn't be allowed to continue at this level. Senator Ron Johnson held a town hall last night of vaccine victims, and they had an incredible array of injuries. So Americans saw for the first time the neurologic injuries that are done with the vaccine, heart damage, people on feeding tubes. It's really horrendous what we're seeing. We know that the vaccines are genetic, so they actually are unique in that they trick the body genetically into producing the dangerous spike protein of the virus. And the spike protein is produced in sensitive organs like the heart, like the brain, in the ovaries of women, uh, elsewhere in the body. And you just can't have delicate cells in the body produce a dangerous protein that they're not supposed to do. It was a genetic disaster to try to organize this. It's the wrong platform. These are repurposed, failed gene delivery systems that were just rushed to market in order to become vaccines. And I think it was very unwise. Americans have paid the price. Worldwide, there's calls to pull these off the market in the United Kingdom. There's demand letters into the FDA to not approve them fully. And I think we need to either shut it down or pivot to safer vaccines in the future. How long can the medical establishment, a.k.a. mafia, in other countries ignore what is happening? In this country, for example, it's almost like a gulag. We, um, I mean, you know, to, to start talking about business vaccinating their employees themselves, I mean, surely we've gone, you know, just we've, we've jumped out of the boat into this shark infested ocean well i think that the the employers are going to worry about liability so uh you know in the current government vaccine centers there's indemnification for all the vaccine stakeholders and as long as there's no pressure then there isn't any liability if somebody doesn't want to take the vaccine that's fine but if they're in the workplace and they're pressured by their employer to take the vaccine and they suffer a vaccine injury which is going to happen for sure and there will be deaths for sure now the families can bring lawsuits against the employers because they felt pressure or coerced into taking the vaccine. All they have to do is see a company email that seems to pressure people into the vaccine. That's going to be good enough to win civil liability cases against employers. And, and I can tell you, the last thing an employer is going to want to do is get lawsuits based on, you know, basically an unsafe vaccine. We have a hardware chain here called Bunnings. You could pop in, get new lawnmower, uh, maybe some fuel and get a shot just to, uh, to make your day. And by the way, they also have a thing called a sausage sizzle. So maybe that could be the incentive. Get a vaccine, get a free sausage. Who knows? Uh, are you concerned about these scare campaigns running up huge costs, diverting attention away from substantive and more serious health issues? Sure, these scare campaigns, the most recent one is Delta. And I saw some clips coming from Australia where there was some dark looking reporter and he was saying that Delta is going to be the worst thing ever. You know what this is really doing is this is scaring Australians from doing things that they should do, like getting outside, getting a healthy diet going, healthy lifestyle, get caught up on mammograms, colonoscopy, prostate cancer screening, metabolic health screening. You know, there's a lot of chronic disease care that people need to stay well. And the data suggests that people aren't getting that because they're so scared. They can't get out. So many of these clinics have shut down. There's been surgery centers shut down. People have missed their dental visits, Mike. It's really terrible. The public health agencies should be ashamed of themselves. They should stop all the scare uh, tactic monitoring. They need to have a big focus on early treatment of the relatively few cases you have in high-risk seniors. Drop the vaccine program open up and get Australia back. I want to come down there and visit you the next time I get down there, but I can't come 
until things get back to normal. What do you see as a, as a game changer? I think that unfortunately the game changers are going to have to be heads are going to have to roll. And people are so dug in on this, they've staked their whole reputation on a vaccine. So, for instance, our entire public health response is entirely committed to the vaccine. So we're going to have to probably see leadership change. It's probably going to happen uh, in all of our heads of our major uh, uh, public health agencies. And honestly, they're going to have to field a lot of the culpability for the harm that's done to the population. It just turned out these vaccines weren't safe. They were forced on the population. And there's been tremendous damage. The best thing we can tell Australians is stay away from the jab. You don't need it. Once it gets injected into your body, you can't get it out. We look at the U.S. and uh, it's portrayed as um, some, you know, you got, it's sort of opened up and you've got the, uh, the people in the background saying, oh, don't, don't open up too much, you'll get COVID. Um, it's, yeah, the hype that's associated with COVID-19 and all these different scariants. Is there another agenda? Do you think, I mean, because it's, as Spock would say out of Star Trek, it's illogical, Captain. And it is illogical. They're throwing science out the window and they're just running along with this, this agenda. I mean, I'm sort of off the track here a bit, but I mean, you're a scientist. You're an intelligent guy, a man with, full of energy. Um, where, where do you see, what do you see happening? Where do you see us going? You know, I can't figure out the agenda. I've tried on occasion and I've, I've just end up, you know, en- ending up conjecturing. And it's always been said, you know, that uh, conspiracy theories are, are not conspiracies when they're proven to be true. That's what RC Rapper says in the United States. He's got a great rap song for young kids. Um, the, the point is, I can't figure it out. I, you know, I, if someone's making money, I, I can't see it. Uh, if someone is enjoying having all the Australians in fear and suffering and, you know, I've known some Australians that, you know, went out of the home and, and they're trying to get a, 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 a groceries and they got put in jail because they broke some type of uh, a ridiculous um, law that's really not even a law. The same thing is happening in Canada. I, all I can tell you is in Texas, we've never closed down. I, I can go out to restaurants late tonight. Everything's wide open. Our schools are open. And, you know, during the lockdown, uh, the, the pandemic, we never locked down, but our public schools closed, but our private schools stayed open, and there were no difference in the infection rates. And so there's, there's absolutely no benefit to locking down. There's no benefit to masking. The only places where masks make sense, I'm a doctor. I wear a mask in the hospital because I'm working close with patients. The same thing with dentists and surgeons. That's about the only thing that makes sense. Just to, to wrap it up, uh, Tucker Carlson of the U.S. Uh, has a, a show, an hour-long show on uh, Fox Nation. Uh, by the way, Fox sent me the check later on for that. But, but you were on talking about the TGA in Australia. This is just sort of, again, left field here. And you were, and Tucker was, qu- you're quite amazed, and Tucker was quite shocked that in April, the TGA and the Australian government had like 13 different things you must not do. And you said to Tucker, or Tucker said to, to you, um, but it had just started. How do they know all these things? Uh, never, you just raised your eyebrows, never gave us an answer. How do they get to all, I'm, I'm going to ask you now, how do they get to all these 13 or 14 must not do's? You know, that's the million dollar question. Another country that was just like Australia was South Africa. How did they get to the point where they know so much of what you shouldn't do, but never said what you should do? 
So they were taking options off the table for South Africans and Australians. Why were these options taken off the table? These are simple things that doctors could do to help patients. It's almost as if somebody knew a plan where they were going to remove options early on to make sure that Australians did not get care. It is downward. It's just outright um, concerning. And I think investigative reporters and others ought to be looking very hard on the sequence of events of what happened. Because you're right, it was very early on, and how did they know? Has much changed? I mean, those, those 13 or 14 do-nots, they're basically still there. Well, the Australian authorities, the TGA, has offered nothing to Australians. I mean, you've had you know several hundred people get sick there, and they've offered nothing to the people of Australia. Listen, I love Australia. I've been there myself multiple times, multiple cities. Australia is not much different than the United States. And one has to look at the TGA and your public health officials and ask them, what have you done for the next Australian who's, let's say, a senior citizen who gets sick with COVID-19? Those people should be held accountable. And, And there needs to be some hard questions asked. And I can tell you, the answers are going to reveal what's going on. They have the answers. They know. They, they took hydroxychloroquine off the table very early in Australia. And the million dollar question is why? Yep. Uh, and that's another chat. We'll find out maybe then. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. And that's it for Asia Pacific Today, where lockdowns rule in Australia. I'm Mike Ryan.